Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, and welcome to Don't Stop Us Now. I'm Claire Hatton. And I'm Greta Thomas. And we're on a mission to help you achieve your goals. We're all about sharing the secrets of the world's most innovative and pioneering successful women. Hear their uplifting stories and practical advice right here. Yes, right here. And if you're enjoying this podcast, then why not sign up for our newsletter at hello at don'tstopusnow.co and keep listening for this week's latest episode. Hello and welcome to Don't Stop Us Now and another of our special how-to episodes. These episodes are where we examine common career challenges and uncover advice and research-backed tips and tools to help you find a way to tackle them. And this week's episode is all about how to build a network. And let's face it, during COVID, that's not as simple as it used to be, is it? No, it's certainly not. Quite the opposite, in fact. In fact, if I'm honest, I've been in touch less with my contacts than I would have been before COVID happened. And I guess, you know, I figure everyone's probably really busy with Teams and Zoom calls right now, so they probably don't need another one with me, I'm sort of telling myself. And then in terms of meeting up for a coffee, which was the old way, I've hardly done that. And, you know, I know some people are happy to catch up one-on-one in person, but others aren't. And I totally understand both points of view. Yeah, I know. It's really complicated right now, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it really is. And yet your network is your net worth. As one of our guests, drone expert, Dr. Catherine Ball so neatly puts, and that's because there are numerous ways having a network can help you. And it's not rocket science, clearly. No, no. One... If you have a professional network, people in your network can help you with advice. They can sometimes introduce you to their organizations. They can also sometimes lead to job opportunities because, let's face it, many jobs don't end up being advertised. And secondly, also during this time of COVID, we think networks are really important to help you stay connected to a bigger world than the bubble you're currently like to be operating in. Yeah, that's such a good point. And I mentioned Kath Ball just then. And in case you're not convinced of the value of having a good network, she's really experienced the difference between having a network and not having one, as she explains here. Your network is your net worth, right? So you can go and apply for 100 jobs, but if you know somebody that you've met at an event or you've been connected with via someone in your network, that is just such the easiest way into looking. I I got to the point when I was never actually applying for jobs, I was headhunted into them. And that was so refreshing because applying for jobs is so soul-destroying. Join the associations, right? So if you want to get into engineering, join Engineers Australia. If you want to work in cybersecurity, look at some of the associations and some of the federal government meetings and get-togethers and meetups and various groups where you can go along and meet people that are working in those industries. That's so true. 
But, you know, with so many events being held virtually now, you don't have quite the same chance to strike up a conversation informally with people you might meet standing in line to register at a conference, for example, or waiting to get a coffee anymore, do you? No, you don't. And I think it was you who actually shared with me an article from the New York Times called something like, we're all socially awkward now. And it was basically saying how that thanks to COVID, we're all feeling a bit clunky when it comes to reaching out and interacting with people that are outside of our, you know, our household bubble, if you like. And it made me think, yeah, you know, Communicating and interacting and networking with professional contacts, it's a bit like a muscle. And during COVID, we've just not been using that muscle so much, or at least I certainly haven't. Yeah, no, I think that's really true. And we're going to talk a bit later about how to keep using that muscle even in a virtual world. Oh, that's great. One other thing, which I think is a bit of an elephant in the room, actually, is, you know, the word networking can be a bit loaded, can't it? And I know that in my inner dialogue, I tend to avoid using it. And instead, I tell myself, I'm going to go and meet interesting new people and learn interesting new things. And that's how I kind of get myself to walk into a room full of strangers. Yeah, I think that's a really great way of looking at it. You know, and I I think you're right. Quite a few people, particularly women, can feel funny about having to or, or needing to network. And as you say, that word networking can really put some people off, yeah. can't it? It yeah. sort of is heebie-jeebie kind of stuff. <laughs> if I, that's, is that another made-up word from Claire? Yeah, I think it might be. <laughs> well, anyway, you know what I mean. But what we're really talking about here is building relationships with people, people who share some interest, goal, or professional industry in common with you. That's all it is. Yeah, well put. So regardless of what you call it, We've got some principles for networking that we want to share that apply both when you're thinking about your existing network and also when you think about building and growing your network. So the first one is nurture your existing contacts. Make an effort to stay in touch. Perhaps they can help you find new contacts in the area you're looking for. You know, a perfect opportunity to rekindle old contacts. Secondly, Schedule regular time to reach out to your professional relationships. Don't be a hermit. Use that communications and contact muscle. Yes. Thirdly, in terms of growing your network, avoid networking or collecting contacts just for the sake of it. Have a clear purpose and look for a common interest. Look to meet new people in an area that you're passionate about or you want to move towards. And finally, Don't think of this as networking, but rather think about building genuine human connections, as we've said before. Mm. You know, it shouldn't be transactional. Aim to give and help before you ask or take and be patient if you can in order to really build a proper lasting professional relationship rather than it being really transactional. Yeah. No, that's great advice there. And I know some people may be thinking, but I don't even have a network. Well, we beg to differ. We almost always have a network of some sorts, even if we haven't thought about it that way. You know, there's people we know and have worked with previously or studied at university with, or perhaps there's people we've interacted with who've been clients and then we've stayed in touch with afterwards or people from conferences and events and the like. You know, there really are endless ways we can acquire our human relationships. And what's important, of course, is to respect and nurture those relationships that you already have, as you said in the very first principle that you shared. Absolutely. 
You know, working on this episode and thinking about those principles has made me realize that, you know, I really need to actually block out some time now, say at least an hour a week, just to simply reach out to some old colleagues and contacts. Because I think, you know, particularly maybe because of COVID, you know, I've sort of retreated into the bubble a little bit. And um, it's really important to, I think, be proactive and reach outside of your bubble and not to make contact for any specific ask or major reason, but, you know, simply to connect with them and keep those relationships alive. Yeah, that's great. I, I really feel the same way. And um, your existing network, you know, be that professional network or personal friendship network, it's, it's like a garden, isn't it? Yeah. Like it needs to be looked after. And if you neglect and ignore plants, they'll likely wither away. And the same goes for human relationships. And, you know, as Kath Bull said earlier, your network is your net worth. And I, I think many of us have understandably been a bit derailed when it comes to investing in relationships in the past few months. Yeah, absolutely. So you're talking about blocking out time to reach out to folk. How are you going to do that specifically? Good question. You would put me on the spot, mm -hmm. wouldn't you? Well, look, you know, I think it varies a lot depending on the person, how well I know them, when I was last in touch with them, whether they're in the same city or not, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, there's a few I've been thinking of specifically and I know them quite well. So I'm going to reach out on an email or text first and suggest for the ones that are in the same city, suggest we have an outdoor coffee. And then some others, actually just in the last week or so, I've been emailing and just kind of under the context of saying, just checking in with you and seeing how you're doing during these crazy times. It's just a great way of letting them know I'm thinking of them. Yeah, right. Uh, you know, and of course, for others listening who have perhaps just lost their job, then they can set aside more time to reach out to contacts. Hypothetically speaking, what would you do if you'd lost your job and you were looking for leads and ultimately a new role? Wow, you're really putting me on the spot now, aren't you? Well, I am indeed. <laughs> I think what I'd recommend to people in that situation is to first think about, you know, be really clear about where you want to go and what you want to do. Then go through your existing network of contacts and identify people who are in some way potentially relevant or connected to those goals and sectors that, are, you know, are in your sort of line of interest. And perhaps sort of rank these people in terms of both the relevance and how well you know them and start with the ones that, you know, you know the best and have some relevance. You know, if I knew someone really well, for instance, and I just lost my job, then I'd be upfront and I'd share with them that I'd lost my job and I'm that I'm really keen to move into this specific industry or area. And I'd ask them if I knew them well straight out, you know, do you have any advice for me? Or is there anyone you know that you think might be worth me connecting with? Those kinds of questions. I'd ideally, I'd like to do that in person or over Zoom or at least a phone call rather than just an email if it's someone I know well. And, and what about if you don't know them as well? Oh, I'm going to throw that one back to you. What would you do in God. that situation? <laughs> I knew that was going to happen in the end. <laughs> well, I guess I'd try to get an introduction by a mutual contact first. Or if I knew them but not well, then I'd probably look to build trust and, and deepen the relationship with them if I could. So I might send them an email or message through LinkedIn first and, and simply reconnect and see how they're doing. Because, you know, COVID actually does give us a, a good reason to do that. Yes. You know, genuinely. 
you hear lots of people reaching out to check in and, and reestablish contact. Yeah, I think absolutely right now. It's a great excuse, if you like, to make contact. Yeah. And in that scenario where I'd lost my job, I think I'd probably mention my changed circumstances as well, but probably lightly, you know, not overtly ask for help, but I might ask for advice, you know, because to build trust and, and relationships, you really need to give before you ask or get. So if, for example, I'd read an article that I thought they might be interested to see, then I might send them that. You know, I, I'd really, I think I'd think about how I can add value or, or be helpful to them first. Yeah, that's really good. I think it is important to, you know, try and, you know, not come straight out with an ask if you don't know that person very well. And I used to do that too, sharing of articles and research, particularly when I was in a business development role, because I think showing there that you're not just chasing their business in a very transactional way, but that you really do genuinely want to try and add value can be very helpful. Another small thing um, that you can do that can have a big impact, I think, is to make sure that you're connected with the person on LinkedIn and then engage with the posts they make and the posts they put up. You know, if they're sharing an article, then make a positive comment, for example, and definitely at least like it or in certain instances, you might want to share it. I know that I really appreciate it when my contacts and friends make the effort to engage with my posts and share them. It it's really shows that they've been very supportive and it makes it makes a really good impression. Yeah, that's so true. So to summarize, in terms of nurturing your existing network, firstly, don't think of it as networking. Think of it as building genuine human relationships. Secondly, set aside time in your schedule to regularly reach out and connect with your contacts. And thirdly, try to add value to them. Yeah, great points there. Well, why don't we look now at strategies to actually grow and expand your network? So let's start by saying don't grow your network mindlessly. And you've touched on this already, I think. Think about what you do now and where you want to go and then focus your efforts on the sectors and professional interest areas that are important to you. You're looking to find people with common interests. Absolutely. And one great way to connect with people who are involved in the things that interest you is to look out for the numerous industry and interest associations and meetup groups and online communities that are likely to exist. Meetup groups are amazing, actually. Yeah. You know, there's so many of them, isn't there? And they are continuing to meet virtually during COVID. So yeah. it's, it's a great way. And, you know, that makes me think of a recent guest we had on the show, Maria McNamara, who's CEO of Advance. You know, she's a fantastic people connector. And she had great ideas for how to get involved in a new sector and specifically in this case, the digital and startup world. Here she is. I mean, many of the startup hubs are so welcoming and so open. You can volunteer as a mentor. You can volunteer as an intern, even as a, you know, a mature age or a very experienced person. You can turn up to the information nights and get involved. There are hackathons on the weekends where you can get involved and develop new skills. There's no end to the opportunities to build networks. Great advice there from Maria. Yeah, absolutely. You know, another really powerful way to grow your network is to be introduced to someone by one of your existing contacts. This really helps to build trust more quickly with a new person because you've got that mutual contact whom you already trust and hopefully they already trust as well. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Now, you might be asking yourself about connecting on LinkedIn. And technically, you can connect with people you don't know on LinkedIn, 
but we think it's pretty difficult to move that to a genuine two-way relationship without having something very specific in common that you can draw upon, you know, whether it's a contact you both know or, you know, you were both at an event, etc. Yeah, I think that's right because so many people connect on LinkedIn and a lot are trying to sell stuff. So people can be quite guarded unless you can draw on that kind of common ground, so to speak. Yeah. You know, that makes me think of another point. When you do reach out to someone in your network and you do want help on something, we really recommend framing it as asking them for advice and trying to make it as specific and easy a question as you can for someone to answer because people are so busy and writing long answers can be very painful. You know, also, if you know them already, then suggest you're happy, you'd be happy to jump on a Zoom call if it's easier for them rather than expecting them to write a reply. Oh, God. Yeah. Crikey. That so applies to me. <laughs> you know, that so makes me think of an email I got recently. It was basically asking me for my advice on three huge topics. One of them was advice on, um, I think the quote was, the idea of meandering with purpose versus having a fixed career trajectory. Um, and she wanted to talk about that. And I think it's a great topic. But, you know, there were two others that were just as big and I'm getting it as an email. I've never met this person. And personally, I I actually found it a bit overwhelming and it feels like it's going to be a lot of my time. So I haven't actually answered yet. Yeah, well, they're huge questions, aren't they? If all that, the first one you shared anyway, and there were, if there were two others kind of of a similar scale, how do you even begin answering that, you know, without having to write essays or, as you say, speak for ages to kind of do it justice. It's not that specific and pointed, is it? No, no, it's not. And, and you know, I will answer, not those specific questions, but I will answer the email. But I have to, you know, I, it just means you have to really think about it a bit more and it makes it, it more difficult. Mm. So the other thing to remember is – Don't take it personally or give up if you don't hear back promptly from your contacts. You know, remember, you can never know what the other person's going through if you're connecting online. So be patient and don't take it personally and think that they no longer like you or something like that. We all need to be empathetic. And if we know someone works for a company that's going through a crisis, for example, well, now's not the time to be contacting them or or asking for a coffee catch up or, or for advice. No, exactly right. Yeah, I think it's a really good point not to take it personally and then be mindful if you can research. Um, you know, I actually do sometimes Google if I haven't been in touch with someone I know and they're very senior, for example, or something. I'll Google them and their companies just to um, make sure I'm going to land in their inbox at an appropriate time and not when they're in the middle of firefighting or something like that. Yeah, but, but I also want to say, you know, don't not follow up. Don't just give up. Just give them a little bit longer than normal and try again. They may have just missed your email or got busy or are waiting for the right time to answer. So don't give up. Yeah, good. Now, we've been talking about ways to grow your network. But what about those awkward first moments when you actually have to introduce yourself to someone brand new? Yeah, how would you do that? You know, when you do meet someone for the first time face-to-face, let's say at a conference... Aha, uh-huh, now you're putting me on the spot. Okay. Well, for starters, you know, the great thing about a conference or a physical event is, you know, you can sort of see if the other person may be open to meeting you. You know, they might have eye contact with you and, and things like that. Their body language might look receptive. So when I do meet someone, I like to keep it very light. 
And I really focus on being interested in the other person. So for example, I might introduce myself and I might start and try and have small talk about the event just to break the ice or even the catering, you know. And then I try to be genuinely curious in learning something about them. And usually it's more about, you know, what they do or how they're finding the conference and why they're there. The other thing I'll do though, to avoid people feeling as if I'm about to hit them up for something or try and sell them something is sometimes I'll I'll then change the topic and ask them something not related to do with work. Now, this is harder in COVID, but normally one of my go-tos is, so, you know, tell me, where's your next holiday likely to be? I find it's a topic that really makes people happy, you know, and it's a positive thing. And so it's a great way to try and make a connection without coming across as being too earnest or salesy. And you know, the other thing that I find really helpful to do in those situations? No. Well, I quickly rehearse beforehand how I'm actually going to briefly introduce myself to new people so that when I get that inevitable, what do you do question, then I've got a really tight answer ready to go. That's such a great idea. You know, I also sometimes issue myself a challenge before I go to a physical event where I think I'm going to walk into a room full of strangers. I'll say to myself, because it's not easy to walk in like that, I'll say to myself, you need to meet just three new people and just be curious about them and try and have fun. And that's it. And I think, you know, it really kind of summarizes that ethos of not thinking of this as networking, but rather thinking of it as just meeting and getting to know new people, new human beings. That's all. Yeah, I love that. Well, I think we're out of time now. So just to summarize, today we shared some high-level principles to help you think about your network. We've talked about the importance of nurturing the contacts and network you already have. Make regular effort to stay in touch. Schedule time to do this. When growing your network, have a purpose for why and who you want to reach out to. Having common interests, for instance. Yeah. And Have the attitude of building a relationship, not getting a network contact. And that means being genuinely curious and think of giving before asking for anything. It shouldn't be transactional in nature. Yeah, great advice and great principles there. You know, we also shared today some of our own very humble ways of actually making contact with someone we don't know or don't know as well as others. You know, I love that one of having your introduction ready before you walk into a room full of strangers, for example, you know, where if someone asks you, what do you do? You're ready to go. And we also covered the importance of trying to add value to the relationship, as you've already said. And, you know, like supporting people by engaging with their posts on LinkedIn is a great, you know, and genuine um, way to do it, as, as long as you are genuine about what they've written, etc. Yeah, that's so important. We also talked about not taking it personally if someone in your network doesn't come back to you promptly or, or even at all. We never know what's going on for the other person in their lives right now. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's this episode done and dusted. If you've got topics you'd like us to cover in our next how-to episode, then let us know at hello at don'tstopusnow.co. Yeah, we'd love to hear from you. And in fact, feel free to connect with us on LinkedIn as well. Have a great week and ciao for now. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. 
and is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.